Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Levert changing hands. Levert left of the lane, put it off the glass. No, boldly. Ow, on the foul. Levert got sent crashing, no whistle. But Evan said, I'll clean it up. Celtics by five with 122, 121, 120 to go. Holiday, high left hand dribble against Cummings, hit straight away. Holiday puts it between his legs, push pass for Derek White, slot drive on the left side, kick out, open, Tatum, three, got it! 53-40, Texas lead 13, Brock Cunningham has it, off to Max Hastings, left side. He'll fire an NBA range three, why not? Knocks it down, Max with his second three-pointer of this first half, and Texas now leads by 16, its largest margin at 56-40. Longhorn lead is 15, bounce pass Cunningham to Caden Cheddar. Double team, got rid of it to Hunter on the left side with 10 to shoot. Now to Hunter, top of the arc, splits two defenders, flops it in, and there's the throwdown by Dylan Mitchell. Williams over to Tominaga, he's going to pull it. He drains it. Here's another three for Uh-oh. Tominaga. Uh-oh. Warren's a step back jumper. That looked good. That's what he's got to do right there. That's where his money's going to be. Williams off to 17. Takeaway for Nebraska to Marcus Lawrence with a flush on the other end. Rise up to the occasion, young fella. Good morning. Not much of a beat drop. I know. There. I was, you were waiting. I was for waiting it. for it. I was like, wait, wait. Oh, such a cliffhanger. It was. It was very anticlimactic. <laughs> uh, welcome into Herd at Sports Radio, live from the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill on the H and H Chevrolet stage. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. We're here with you on a Thursday. It is Thursday. AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, or as Andrew was just waving to our lovely fans and listeners on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, We appreciate everybody tuning in this morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, We've got a good show for you here today, at least I think so. We've got uh, lots of coaching stuff to get Mm. to. It's that time of year. You know, we talked about earlier in the week. I get... Get a little like kid in a candy store when the coaching rumors start coming This is coming you shopping out. for Christmas oh, gifts. Oh, man. It, well, it depends on who it's for. Because a lot of people in my family, very difficult to shop for. Really? Yes. So my dad has no hobbies. He is 
pushing 80. So he just likes to kind of like sit and watch TV or? He just, he likes to work. He still works. Oh, nice. He just loves working. What does and he then, do? Uh, he's internet technology, like IT stuff. Computer guy. Get him a computer. Broken down. I've, they build it. I've tried. We've tried <laughs> to buy him computers. We've tried to buy him like tablets, laptops, whatever. He just, but he's, he's very... He, he's like very content. He just doesn't want much, and which is like a terrific state does of he, mind to be does in. Does he walk or anything like that? Does he? Like, I mean, he basically, honestly, he goes to he works and he goes to temple. That's about it. Like, okay, that's, so obviously he's gonna have to be outside. Does he like the cold? No, I mean, I, no, I don't think so. Get him a jacket that has like the built-in warmers. Oh, that might be a good idea. We'll see. So, so my dad's very difficult to shop for. Um, he likes real estate, but it's like I'm not buying you. Like, <laughs> here, Dad, here's a plot of land. Well, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Like that's honestly that would be like the best gift I could give him, probably. But he likes. I mean, that's basically his only hobby that I'm aware of is looking at houses on the like and, and land on the internet. He's a bit of a he's you know it's you a know strange what? hobby go on zillow look up like the 10 <laughs> coolest houses and just send it to him and be like dad i had fun looking through these houses you will too merry christmas that's the gift is just here's a zillow link um so he's difficult to shop for uh my my wife is very difficult to shop for because she has very particular tastes so if i even if i know oh she would like a new purse of a certain brand or whatever it has there's like very specific qualifications and mm-hmm. even if i get all the qualifications right if it doesn't like feel right on her arm then it's a deal breaker and it's like well i can't do that on my own <laughs> you're over there in the mall yeah it's like our, and you're posing with our it. arms are a little bit different <laughs> sizes right so uh and shoulders you know like it may not fit over my shoulder may be fine for her so uh yeah i've got some people in my family that are a little bit difficult so to what you're saying for. it's complicated just like the coaching carousel it is you, so you would think i would like it but uh, no there's a ton of coaching stuff going on uh so we're, we're going to get into a bunch of that today i just i Listen, if you're listening for the next, like, month, month and a half or so, honestly, might not even be that long. We're way closer to the end of the regular season than I realized for college football. This, most of this might be wrapped up in, like, two, three weeks. Because, like, right out – when was rule hired? Right after Thanksgiving? Or right, mm-hmm. the, right before the Iowa game? Yep. That was when it got leaked. So, you know, we – Officially, it was after the right, Iowa game. Right, but that's when it was kind right. of uh, decided uh, unofficially, officially. So, I mean, that's, like, a week away. So I think we might start getting some resolution on these um, sooner than maybe we and think. And you want to be first, right? You don't want to be last. Well, especially like that's with Texas A&M, which we'll get into that one a little bit later as well. But coming up on the show today, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk to a bunch of different people. Our normals, uh, our normal guests, of course, Brian Edwards, eight forty-five. See if we can make a little bit of money, and then our friend from Husker 24-7, Michael Brunts at 9. Uh, but aside from that, we've got a couple special guests. C.L. Brown is going to talk about uh, college Oops. basketball. He works for the uh, Courier Journal in Louisville, uh, but he formerly worked for ESPN and The Athletic. So we'll talk to C.L. in about an hour. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to talk some national college football with Matt Marshall. He is at the Orlando Sentinel, and a lot of lot of good national games this week. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Tennessee is a big one. Uh, Kansas, Kansas State is a big one as well. Uh, so we'll talk to Matt at eight, or excuse me, at nine forty-five to wrap up the show. But 
you know, we were talking about kind of some of the some of the some of the rumors going mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more than rumors at this point. Obviously, we know that uh, Jimbo Fisher's out. Um, we uh, know that Hoax retiring. Yeah, Hoax retiring. It seems like we know that Chip Kelly's out. Um, it would shock me if UCLA wins. Yeah, and, and they like turn. They like change. They're their like, mind. hey, actually, Chip Kelly's our guy. Yeah, uh, we've got Zach Arnett out at uh, Mississippi State already. Talking to Adam McClintock earlier in the week. Sounded like there was maybe some more that they knew about already that haven't come to fruition. I kind of wonder if one of those he was hinting at was Chip Kelly because that came out like a day later. Um, but lots of different uh, coaching positions going to be up. He th- McClintock says it's going to be crazier than 2017. If you remember 2017 I was Nebraska, obviously, mm-hmm. was open. Oregon was open. Florida State was open. I believe Miami was open as well. Uh, there were some super high-profile jobs that came open in 2017. And that was a funny year as well because if you go down the list of those that were hired in 2017... It's about over. Chip Kelly was a 2017. Right, it, but it's like maybe three or four guys are still employed after like 25 or 30 were hired in that year. It's crazy to see the and turnover I rate. I think the best one... I think the best one left is Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, which he got off to almost as slow of a start as um, as as Scott Frost did, but he was able uh, to turn it around mm-hmm. in a way that um, in a way that obviously Frost wasn't. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm looking up and down the list right now. I got the yeah. top 21. I'm going to read off the names oh, here. Oh, Florida was new then. Yep. Dan, Mullen Dan Mullen got hired in that cycle. So you have Jimbo Fisher. You have Scott Frost. You have Chip Kelly, uh, who is currently still there. So I'm going to keep him for, for like, now. For like another couple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe before the show's over. Right. <laughs> Dan Mullen, Kevin Sumlin, Willie Taggart, Jeremy Pruitt. Chad Morris, Joe Moorhead. Oh, yeah, Tennessee was open that cycle, mm-hmm. too. Jeez. Mario Cristobal was at Oregon. Yeah, without when he went to Oregon, right, because Willie Taggart left Correct. Florida State. Jonathan Smith, as you said. Yeah. So he is the one right now. Well, one and a half. Technically, Chip. I mean, Jimbo just <laughs> right. left, but that's about. You have Matt Luke at Ole Miss. You have Herm Edwards at Arizona gone, State. Gone, You have Josh Heupel, who's now at Tennessee. Yeah. He was at UCF. Left for good reasons, mm-hmm. but still gone. Billy Napier was hired by U- Louisiana Lafayette. And then now he's at Florida. So Correct. Good, again, gone for good reasons. So Sonny Dykes, good for, or gone for good reasons. Yep. He's at TCU from SMU. So that's three that moved on for positive reasons. Mm-hmm. So three good, three good hires, four good hires with Jonathan Smith. Mike Bloomgren at Rice. Steve Campbell, South Alabama, Sean Lewis, Kent State, Chad Lunsford, Georgia Southern, and uh, Dana Dana Dimmel? Dimmel? Dana Dim- D- Dimmel, Dimmel? Yep, yep. UTEP? Nah, it's- Ironically, Sean Lewis was doing well at Kent State, left for Colorado, and then Dion has kind of put him in the doghouse. You have to imagine mm-hmm. he's going to move on. And Dimmel is still at UTEP, by the way. So in, in terms of the major programs, you're talking about four good hires um, and – only mm-hmm. one of them is still at their current position at, at, at the Power Five. Of the Power Five hirings, only Jonathan Smith is still at, at his job from 2017. Uh, the top nine uh, aren't, very, uh, aren't very solidified. Yeah. 
This is a, a the ranking sheet from 1 to 21 that I just read. The top nine before Mario Cristobal. Gone. Which Mario Cristobal we've seen uh, can't win a game and, and take a knee because he decides he, uh, and he, he did, wants to run the he football. He did well then, at Oregon. And then fumble it away. Well, sure. Uh, he, <laughs> yes, he, he did He was doing Oregon. well at Oregon, but he has moved on to Miami. But Jimbo, Frost, Kelly, Mullen, Sumlin, Taggart, Pruitt, Morris, Moorhead, Cristobal. Those were, that's your top ten. Yeah, those are all your power five. Well, and even if you at Matt Luke was a power five as well, he wasn't in the top ten. Um, but the, all of your the only power five guy that's left from that cycle is Jonathan Smith. Mm-hmm. Which if you had asked that question in the moment, he was I mean, where is Jonathan Smith? He on was that? eleven. Oh, he was eleven. Okay. Uh, I mean. If you had asked in the moment, he would not have even moved the needle mm-hmm. in terms of that hiring nope. class, which is kind of why this stuff interests me so much, right? Because you've got some obvious candidates, right? Scott Frost was the obvious and, frankly, only candidate at Nebraska. There were um, – you know, Dan Mullen had done really well at Mississippi State. He had a background at Florida. That's an obvious hire at Florida. Um, Chip Kelly was coming back from the NFL – People thought he could recapture the Oregon magic. That's a That was a pretty good hire for UCLA. A lot of these guys, I mean, Jimbo Fisher mm-hmm. was a coup. Pulling him away from Florida State, he was only three years removed from a college football playoff, four years removed from a national championship at that point, and had only had one bad season. He was a coup for Texas A&M to steal him from Florida State. These and still left Texas A&M in a good spot. Talent-wise, at least, mm-hmm. yeah, for the at the very least. But you look at all these guys, these no-brainers, national championship winners, all of these guys, and the only guy left standing is Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Pretty nuts. Who, by the way, they're awesome. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the top 15 team, been very consistent yeah, he, the last few he's years. He's not just going to bowl games. Yeah, no, he, he's consistently in the top 25. He's elevated them to a level that they really haven't been at in, I mean, you're talking Dennis Erickson at the beginning of the or late 90s, early 2000s. Well, you think Oregon State, or when you think of Oregon State, you think baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You, you think you couple, think Beaver couple baseball national titles. Um, yeah, I mean, so they've got three straight winning seasons. They won ten games last year, which is crazy at Oregon State. They're eight and two this year. Very easily could end up at 10 wins again, mm-hmm. uh, although they've got a, a tough schedule on the way out also. I think they've got Utah this week, which is another one of those good games. It's either Utah or Washington. I can't remember which. And Kyle um, Whittingham is another guy that keep an eye on him as, uh, you know, this, this coaching. Um, I love Kyle Whittingham. The, the coaching circle starts to move. I uh, just wonder. He's, he's not young. Anymore. Oh, no, he's not. He's like in his low 60s. Early 60s, I think, because I kind of liked him as a candidate at Nebraska last year, and I was told by some people that would know, that's like, yeah, if he was going to move, it was probably going to be like five-ish years ago, which is, uh, you know, obviously we love Matt Rule now, but it was a little frustrating because apparently one of the places he wanted to go to was Nebraska, either in the 2014 hiring cycle or the 2017 hiring cycle. Um, and, you know, obviously it didn't go that way. But it's a, you know, I if if he ever moved, whoever got him, that'd be a, a huge win for them. But uh, the one that I kind of wanted to talk about here was I was thinking about that Texas A&M job because it's the highest profile one open right now. And we talked earlier in this week about how 
maybe it's not quite as good of a job as people think it is in the sense of the expectations versus the actual history of winning. It's got a little bit of uh, of almost like imposter syndrome there where sure. they think they're better than they are. Unless you get a really uh, s- splash higher. But like if a, you've uh, got somebody even bigger than Jimbo. I would say, but if you've got the resources of Texas A&M, you're going to expect to win at a h- higher level than they have been. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, that's kind of, you know, th- at that high profile of a job, can they pull off something? Because, you know, we've already seen the list, and, and Dan Lanning's come out and said, I'm not a candidate, and Dion's come out and said whatever Dion says, and Mike Norvell has been like, nah. DM like, wouldn't move until Shadir goes to yeah, the NFL. Yeah, because he can't transfer again. I Yeah, Dion's not moving this year. Next year, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. But this year, I don't think there's any way. Um, you know, Mike Norvell came out and was like, I'm not a candidate. You know, Although, low-key, I still think Mike Norvell is a candidate. Oh, I think they're all candidates still, if we're being honest. Yeah, Because whenever you hear guys come out and say, oh, like, you know, my worry is this team in this season, it's, that's what they have to say. Yeah, absolutely. But if somebody comes at you and says, I don't know how much Norvell makes, I'm just going to guesstimate and say he makes $7 million, Okay. Yeah, that might be a little high, honestly. Uh, and if it is high, whatever. You still know A&M's going to offer somewhere in the 9s to 10. Oh, he's at eight, year. actually. Okay, so he's still making a good chunk he's of money. So to good. move and to make that move, he's got to make like 11. I was like, you got to get at least to 10, mm-hmm. minimum. You got to get to 10 for that to matter, right? Because he's got it going at Florida State. And to make it worthwhile to be like, hey, I have to, I'm going to go try something somewhere else. And I know Florida State was in a m- much worse position talent-wise when he took over. But it did take him a couple years at Florida State. How patient is Texas A&M? That's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, because they, they haven't well, gone. Well, they're, they're in an area right now where they could win now. Yeah, you would think so with the talent that's been brought in by Jimbo because that's the one thing he's done well. So I'm guessing the waiting period for them would be pretty short. Is short. Real yeah, short. Like, it's, you are competing yeah. for a national title in two years. I was like, yeah, within a couple years. In obviously. two years. Yeah. Um, which is that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. Even if even with a stacked roster coming in, that's still a tall order because you don't know. You know, a lot of those guys obviously came in for Jimbo or whoever the position coaches are, Elijah Robinson, um, guys like that, and you just don't you don't know how many of those guys are staying in the first place, and secondly, you don't know how many of those guys will be bought into the new guys. So it's, I mean, I agree with you that that's probably the time frame. But I don't know that it's going to be as easy as it would seem on paper. It could be easier, though, because of the expanded playoff. Sure. So if you're competing in that, I'm sure that's a good thing. Oh, sure. Like, that would that, be good like, enough. That's yeah. them saying, we're, look, we're, yeah. we're a part of this. We're making progress. But I do wonder with expanded SEC as well, Oklahoma and Texas coming in, it's not like that league's getting any easier, right? Is it easier to make it to the top 12 than the top four? Absolutely. But that's a... I, I think that's a low-key challenging job based on what they want from their football program. So who do you think they go after? Well, so that's kind of what I was thinking because they feel like somebody that would try and pull off a Lincoln-Riley pull mm-hmm. like USC did. Because if you remember, Lincoln-Riley's name had gotten tied to LSU a little bit. Not a soul had tied him to USC, which is, rem- in this day and age, remarkable. Like, good on you, USC. That was sneaky AF. That was crazy. It uh, came out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. Way Every, out of left everybody field. was like stunned. And so I was kind of thinking, okay, who is somebody of that profile that you could look at and say, hey, this makes sense for them. Maybe they would have some motivation to move. And I still don't really know 
what Lincoln Riley's motivation was to move, except for maybe he just didn't want to live in Oklahoma anymore. Um, but I, the guy that I came up with, and this is probably because he's come up recently in a different area, and you'll know what I mean once I say his name. I, I was kind of thinking Dabo. So it's funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing. Like, and, and this isn't just like me no, saying it. No, we didn't you talk about this. this. Yeah. I was thinking Dabo too because of everything that's going down at yeah. Clemson and how he's uh, he he's kind of like mustered up a frustrated fan base now. Yeah, where they're just taking personal attacks at him, and he's taking personal attacks back. And it just doesn't seem like a nice marriage anymore. Yeah. A divorce is in the making, and if so. If you're looking to be competing for a national championship in two years, mm -hmm. maybe grab somebody that's done it a ton. Well, and it's not like Texas A&M, or it's not like Clemson had a ton more history of success than Texas A&M at the time that Dabo was hired. They had the one title in 81, I think, but that was it. So obviously A&M has a longer history of not having titles, but you have a couple programs that have high expectations that have not met them for a long time. Obviously Dabo did well there. Um, I, I do. I think he's, I think that, he's on the that table. is crazy that you think the same thing because n looking at like every article out there about potential candidates, Dabo's name isn't on no. there. So it's not like we've seen reports yeah. and are now just like joining, yeah. joining that group. Um, no, the guys that have been out there are, like we said, Norvell and Lanning and Mike Elko from Duke because he's got ties back to Texas. Or to, I think mm -hmm. he was the D.C. at Texas A&M. Yep, um, yep. I've seen articles with Kleiman and Leipold. With Trailer's name in there yeah, trailer because of from his UTSA. high school connections. I, like I said to Adam, there's no way Texas A&M fans will accept the UTSA coach at Texas A&M. Like, there, even if he's the right hire, there's just no – it's kind of like – and I don't know if this would – this is obviously LSU got a better hire than this, but there was a time where people were like, shouldn't Billy Napier just get the LSU job? Because he was at Louisiana Lafayette, was doing really well, and they it seemed like they were kind of floundering because Mel Tucker was a name attached to them, mm -hmm. and he got his extension. Look, and be Lee mad, though. If, if Jeff Trailer goes somewhere else, get ready to get mad. Oh, for sure. Because he's going to win wherever he they goes. they absolutely don't want him now. But if their coach doesn't succeed and he goes and succeeds somewhere else, their revisionist history is going to be, why didn't we just hire Jeff Trailer? Mm -hmm. um, and it's going <laughs> to be hilarious because – Aggies fans are the worst. Right. Um, it's it's kind of like you know when you see Scott Frost fizzle out. It's well, Kyle Whittenham's doing great. Yeah. Like, why weren't we? Why were we in his boat? Right. Not uh, really. Which again, the Scott Frost thing was the only hire they could mm -hmm. make in that situation. Lane Kiffin could be a, a relative splash for them too. Lane Kiffin, and I have like seen his name one. attached a little bit. I would um, actually say more than a little bit. Yes. Like in most articles, he's you in, see Lane yeah. Lane's and, name pop up, and he's interesting because. I do think Texas A&M's a little bit easier job than Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is a really hard job. Um, they don't quite have the resources of Texas A&M. They have almost the expectations. And that, that's, I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are really hard jobs. Um, and so that, I wouldn't be shocked if Lane Kiffin uh, moved on at some point. That's why I before the rule stuff got going at Nebraska, I was like, I'm not sure he's out of the question at Nebraska because I think Nebraska is an easier job than Ole Miss. Okay, one other name. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep spitballing here. And, and like this, this one could be –
could be a little out there. It could be right on the nose. Okay. Um, Kenny. It's somebody that hasn't had a whole lot of success lately. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury. Welcome back to Texas A&M. You know, the reason for that. I thought about that one. Is, yes, he kind of has like the Matt Rule go at it, right? He was, you know, a a successful coordinator, a successful quarterback's coach, um, you know, really uh, was able to (laughs) kind of let Johnny Manziel do whatever Mm -hmm. he wanted. Um, Then he went to Texas Tech and was able to, um, you know, bring somebody pretty good into the National Football League that – um, I don't know if he's won MVPs or Super Bowls, but uh, yeah, I think it, he's, it, it's pretty what's close. His, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, Pat, what, what's his name? Mahomes, Mahomes, Shane. Is he, yeah, you like he, him, right? No, you like I him hate, a lot as a Raiders fan. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, Pat Mahomes. Oh, that's who it is. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty and then good. he went to go coach at Arizona, and he had Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray was was good for the first few years. And then now he's with Lincoln Riley again, coaching up Caleb Williams to get him ready for the league. Only hesitation on Cliff Kingsbury is I don't think he's ever had a winning season in college football. Uh, But he is from San Antonio, Texas, and you know he's got some deep roots and deep connections there. We've got more Herd at Sports Radio coming up next.